What's good, defenders? And frankly, the answer to that is not much. Welcome to episode 186 of the most LAFC podcast on earth. This is Defenders of the Bank, and you know my voice. I am the scarf, J.R. Liebert, one half of probably the most frustrated podcasting duo on the planet right now, especially after today's events in Carson, 13 miles down the road from Bank of California Stadium, sitting directly across from me here in Lawndale at lovely Casa de Nina. Oh, you know him as one Christian Philly Philemon. Disappointed, heartbroken, angry, mad, frustrated Philly. Yep. That's me right now. Yep. There's so many emotions, 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 emotions boiling at, at the tip of my brain. I, I don't even know how to express myself. Yeah. The nice thing about doing this pod, and we don't really do them lately right after the, uh, the games because, well, we're old and fuzzy. It's going to be a nice way to exercise these demons and hopefully we can commiserate together. We're going to find our silver linings this evening, although it's going to be quite hard, but this is very much a somber, disappointing podcast. And and I got to tell you, I knew they would show up. It's not as if this team was going to go undefeated this year, but at the same time, this isn't the somber podcast I wanted to give. This isn't the disappointing podcast no. I wanted to give. And quite honestly, I'd, I'd oh, frustrated. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I'm with you, buddy. Look, you and I sat literally right next to each other to watch that entire match, and it was a rough one. Uh, for this episode, by the way, it's just going to be a recap of the match. We know you all love this day in LAFC history and news and notes and a lot of the other fun stuff that we do, but let's be honest, we are all hurting a bit right now. Like Philly just said, pissed, frustrated, upset. Uh, I'm, I, I'm just at a loss that, unfortunately... Unless it happens in the playoffs, which would be fine by me, it is going to be until 2023 that we get another shot at these guys in Carson. Now look, just to give you something to look forward to while we talk about this match and the way that it ended, July 8th, which is a Friday, Friday, July 8th, middle of the summer, six days after we come back from BC Place in Vancouver, Friday, July 8th, we get the rematch back at the bank. We get Carson on our turf, on our pitch, on our terms. So we'll see how we can respond. We've obviously got plenty of time to uh, bring all of our emotions to the forefront for that match coming up July 8th. But look, we've decided that today we're not doing this day in LFC history. We're not doing news and notes. Just a couple of quick things. One, the Mauricio Facio futsal court in Southeast LA is still undergoing all of their fundraising. So please, the LAFC Foundation, along with LAFC and the 3252, are partnering to build a futsal court in Southeast LA in Moe's honor. And the link to donate is in our bio on Instagram. And uh, we at Defenders of the Bank, we're going to do whatever we can to help raise as much money as possible. You guys saw the brand new scarf sculpture. No, not of me, but of an actual scarf. Out in the, I think that's the Toyota Plaza, if I am, uh, if I'm not mistaken. If you take a picture there and use a couple different hashtags, they scarves will donate. up for good. Scarves up for good. That's the hashtag to donate a dollar, and they're going to donate twenty five thousand dollars towards the uh, building of the futsal court in Southeast LA in Mo's honor. So please. Go over to the sculpture, take a picture. Who knows? Maybe tomorrow. We just all kind of meet at the sculpture, take some pictures, use some hashtags, and do some good. And, of course, a quick reminder, if you're not already following us on Instagram and Facebook at Defenders of the Bank and on Twitter at Defend the Bank, please do. Otherwise, Philly, 
The only news and note I have that I've, I feel like I want to still talk about is that uh, the invitation to join us on the podcast still remains open and unanswered by one Kevin Baxter. Well, we tweeted at him we earlier did. today because we used uh, you know the same methodology that he uses we did. to troll us. Yes. Taking a photo of the stands an hour before the game starts. So we figured we would give Kevin Baxter a taste of his own medicine. An hour before the game, we did just that. We took pictures of everybody at Dignity Health Sports Park and there were far more LAFC people in there. I will say there were a lot of LAFC people regardless. It seems like every one out of three people yeah. walking in that stadium was wearing a black and gold jersey which was pretty cool. But yes, just to piggyback off of what Scarf said, Kevin Baxter you still have an open invitation. We are still questioning your intestinal fortitude, sir. <laughs> so if you want to show that you have any bit of ram in those uh, dockers of yours, please let us know and come on our show and let's have that conversation about Kim Moon Hwan. Anyway, let us set the table. Yeah. Going into today's match, LAFC was the best, actually still is, yeah. the best in the West and the best in MLS. Undefeated, riding a 4-0-1 winning streak. Awesome. Not going to lie. Awesome. This is a good start to the season. But we can't exactly say the Galaxy have been a piss poor team, having won three out of five matches. Uh, and so that is the story coming in. Marky Delgado, a big omission for the Galaxy, having gotten a red card in the match against Portland. And an interesting factor, Raheem Edwards, yeah. the leader in Major League Soccer with assists with four. Not, he notched himself up another one. Yeah. As a defender of all things. So we're setting the uh, the template there anyway. And so that is how the, the match takes place. But Scarf, yeah. it was... It was, all right, from a neutral party's perspective, yes. obviously we are emotionally, financially, and physically invested in this rivalry. But if you are a fan of Major League Soccer, I am. this was such a good depiction as to how much this league has grown and developed. Seeing that entire stadium roaring and going nuts was really good. If you would have looked back in 1996, you would have never imagined that a rivalry such as whatever you want to call this, uh, obviously. The pundits are going with El El uh, El Trafico after today's match. We're calling it El Tragico. But regardless, what a great display for Major League Soccer! Yeah, look, here's what I will say. I am obviously born and raised here in LA, between the two of us, and I have been to. I have no problem saying this to anybody out there that wants to listen. I have been to dozens of Carson matches before there was an LAFC. I've been to Carson matches while there was an LAFC that did not involve Carson playing LAFC. The atmosphere today provided by the Carson fans, the, the white-clad Carson fans today in their whiteout, I'm not going to lie. It was the best atmosphere that they have provided in any match I have ever been to. I have been to MLS Cup Finals at Carson, and I have been to every single Clásico Angelino. That's the one that I kind of like. I know you like 110 Collision. Today was El Tragico. Yeah. I have been to every single Clásico Angelino at Dignity Health Sports Park, Home Depot Center, whatever it, all the different names that it has been. And this was the best environment because here's what I love about what this rivalry has done, not just for Major League Soccer, but for Carson. They have been forced to raise their game, right? If you look at 3252 and everything that goes on in the North End, a couple of years later, they come out with the Victoria Block. You look at everything that we have done with our away support. Today was not an away game 
for, I would say, the first 85, 87 minutes of the match. LAFC and our fans, our supporters, the 3252 in that upper section and everywhere within the stadium were just as loud, if not louder, than the twenty-two to 25,000 Carson fans that were there today. And that's because this match now means something to Carson. First couple of years, I don't think it really did. I think Carson rested on their laurels. First 23, 24 years of a franchise in their existence, they rested on all of their successes, and they haven't had much since 2014. So I think since we have come into the league, we have, they say that a rising tide raises all boats, right? I think we have done more to raise Carson's dinghy than any other uh, entity in Major League Soccer, and there's a lot to be said for that. However, Philly. We've played them before tonight 13 times. Uh, yep, 5 3 and 5. We have five defeats and we have five draws. Three wins against them coming into this match. But none of them in Carson. None home. of them in Carson. The Classico on Helena, the battle for Los Angeles, El Trafico, the 110 collision, whatever it is that you are going to call it. I'm so frustrated and upset because quite honestly, and I've said this before on our podcast, and I mean every minute of it when I say it, we could go 0 and 32 for the entire season against every other team. But if we go 2 and 0 against Carson, then to me, it's a successful season. Yes, it's not a successful season in terms of trophies and silverware, but I'll tell you, that's how I feel. How I feel is this. If we're going to have a crappy season, but we can still beat Carson twice, sure, not as bad. The goal of every single match when we play is obviously to win, but no more so in this match. This match is it. This match is Mecca. This is the pinnacle. This is the highest form of competition that our boys will feel within the regular season and maybe, just maybe, even in most of the playoff matches they will ever play. And all fair statements. All fair statements. And the Carson fans came in the Dignity Health Sports Park, all wearing white. They wanted a whiteout. The LAFC fans obviously came in wearing black. They wanted a blackout. So as far as I'm concerned, as far as Pod is concerned, excuse me, I have the hiccups. We had a lot of Chinese food, and I'm drinking LaCroix, which is giving me the hiccups, as you just heard right there. (laughs) Well, let's go through this whiteout and erase the memory of this, and then blackout so we can forget this game. Let's get right into the podcast. Scarf, and why don't you start with the starting lineup for the home team? Oh, this hiccups. Hiccups? Hiccups. <laughs> Ooh. That was a hiccup. I'll, I'll, I'll take over uh, the Carson Yes, please. I, oh, God. Excuse me. But we have lost Philly, guys, for a moment. He'll be back in just a little bit. Carson came out in their very typical 4-2-3-1. And Philly, you mentioned it, out for the match would be Marky Delgado because of the red card that he accumulated last match. So no Marky Delgado. Managed by Greg Vanny, I have to say, Greg looking very GQ today on the sidelines. You, there was uh, at least an inch and a half, maybe two, between where his pants ended and where his shoes began. So very, uh, uh, very uh, maybe hipsterish there by Greg Vanny. Capris. Yeah, in I don't know if they were quite capris, but I like it. In goal, Jonathan Bond on the back line. Julian Araujo, Sega Kulabali, Derek Williams, and of course. The former black and gold who, I'm sorry, we always say like forever black and gold, forever black and gold. Not so much for Raheem Edwards. I don't know if he can, he might be the first one where I'm like, eh, maybe not so much. On the back line is Raheem Edwards rounding out the back four. In the midfield, Ryan Ravellison and Kelvin Leardom. Kelvin coming over from the Sounders. 
Samuel Grancier, Victor Vasquez, Efren Alvarez, and of course, Chicharito rounding out the starting lineup for the Galaxy. In the 18, five guys who wound up all seeing action, Douglas Costa, Sasha Kleshton, Dayon Jovalich. Did I I say it right? Jovalich? I have a hard time with that last name for some reason. Jovalich, Nick Depew, and Kevin Cabral. Of course, there were others in the 18, but those five found the match. That is the lineup for Carson Philly for LAFC. Oh, gosh. I'm hoping I'm not going to hiccup. I'm trying really hard to. I believe in you. (laughs) Oh, it's still there. Anyway, let's see Say how... Say it while holding your breath. Go. <laughs> Maxime Cripo, Ryan Hollingshead, Jesus Davi Mario, Mamadou Fall, Chiqui Palacios, Jose Cifuentes, Kellen Acosta, Elias Sanchez, Mahala Poku, um, Carlos Vela, and Brian Rodriguez. That was pretty good. <sighs> Hold on. Oh, dang it. I still have it. Anyway, our subs, McCarthy, Daniel Henry, Sebastian Ibiaga, Franco Escobar, Pancho Janela, Latif Blessing, Ismael Tajuri Shradi, Moose. Oh, there it is. Chicho Arango and... Again, this is going to be the 14th time that we've played this team in four years. Interestingly enough, both teams, besides combining for 58 goals, Galaxy have had the edge 5-3-5. and um, But we do have the lone playoff win. So, we do. Know, that's, that, when it mattered most, we won. That's kind of cool. And quite honestly, we have finished above them uh, with the exception of last season. But who cares about last season? Because none of us went to the postseason. So coming in with a whole new team, a whole new mat, and a whole new manager, a whole new mindset, a whole new atmosphere. Things were going to start out right for the black and gold, isn't that right, Mister Scarf? And look, they <laughs> did. You have to admit, first couple minutes we came out hair on fire. Two great chances for LAFC. Sifu with a solid shot. Then Brian Rodriguez. Oh my oh. boy, Brian. We'll talk about him in a minute. Oh, hopefully you didn't hear that burp. But I think I might have like abolished that, the hiccups. I think that might have came on the, the microphone. I there certainly taste some low main on that one. Look. Uh, uh. First couple minutes, I don't think there was any other way you would have wanted the match to start out, obviously, other than putting one of those in the back of the net. But Sifu, look, to Jonathan Bond's credit, he played very well in goal. But first couple minutes, all of a sudden, two great chances. And you're thinking, all right, this is the way we needed to start. Couple minutes later, though, Chicharito fouled outside the box. Couple of chances that really didn't do all of that much, to be perfectly honest. No issue there. And then in the seventh minute, in my opinion, Philly, you ever play? You and I actually have played this several times together. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, where there are four different controllers all the way around, and you can be well. You got to be more specific. See, there was the arcade game, right? There the was, arcade games. There was Turtles in Time. So I didn't like. I, I, we'll go with Turtles in Time for this one, just to keep the analogy relatively short. Cowabunga! Whenever something bad happened to both or all three or all four players at the same time, they would say shell shocked out there on the screen, and I felt like in the seventh minute, when Brian Rodriguez went down, and then LAFC played down a man for like, it seemed, three or four minutes, at least until about the 11th minute, it really seemed like we we just got flustered, we lost our composure, and what was odd is, you might think that should be the case for the front line, right? Like, okay, now Carlos Vela needs to figure it out with Quadwo Poku, and, and now obviously Ishmael Tajuri Shradi, who came in in the 11th minute, for Brian Rodriguez, you figure that, okay, they're going to have to figure it out, right? They're, they're going to have to regroup on the front line. But why, Philly? Why, I ask you, was it our back line that looked like it was such a mess for pretty much the entire rest of the second half? 
For the set for the entire excuse second me half. for the rest of the first half Ugh, first half excuse me okay I mean in reality as we're going to go along through this podcast you're going to learn and I'm sure that you watch the match you're going to quickly learn that it was the first 20 minutes of this game that honestly oh these hiccups that that honestly killed us Brian going down and it appeared to be a hamstring injury is essentially what you know impaired him and, and took him off Ismael Tajiri Shradi subs in in the 11th minute and look the the flow was was off all of a sudden like the strategy was gone like you had a team that obviously appeared to be flustered by, you know, the atmosphere and the gravitas of the moment. And you can tell they weren't playing well. I mean, not, not, no team really came off like that hot with the exception of LAFC on the first couple of shots. But you're looking at Raheem Edwards, the league leader in assists. He was looking more like the Raheem Edwards of LAFC, like turning the ball over back and forth. Uh, as far as our back line is concerned, we're going to talk about the mess that that is was as, as, we're, as we're proceeding. But having Brian Rodriguez, a guy who started every game, played pretty much every minute up till now, having scored his last goal, uh, and one of the times he played against the Galaxy, having his great goal him coming out essentially hurt our flow early on in the game and what like once again it was the first 20 minutes in which we pretty much lost this entire match yeah right after though right <laughs> after ishmael hiccups coughs wow there's i wish we had like a dump button or something like that right now sorry bud Jeez, i'm, I'm dying emotionally and physically the uh 13th minute Unlucky number 13 for Carson, unfortunately, LAFC. Yeah. I, I wrote this down. I said LAFC is just playing shell-shocked after Brian's exit all over the place on the back line, and it's across into the box for Chicha. One, nothing, Carson. A- and the biggest issue, in yeah. my opinion, this wasn't a typical poached goal for Chicharito. This, and and look, I've had nothing but positive things to say about him since he's come over from Vancouver. But... Not a great game for Maxime Cropo. You'll find out in the rundown we had exactly zero saves in the match because they only had two shots on target for the entire <sighs> Man, match. A thousand. But Maxime Cropo, in my opinion, caught in between on that one. It's as if he didn't come out right away to try and punch it away. It's as if he didn't commit to staying back on his line because Chicha was only going to head that ball down from where it was. He, I'm not sure he had control or had track of Chicha the entire way, but it, first of all, let's back up. The problem is because the cross, Samuel, yeah, Samuel Grancier, he had all day. He could have sat down and made a picnic lunch right out there in the nice park there down in Carson. He could have sat there and made a lunch, but instead he makes the cross to Chicharito. And look, nobody marking Chicha on the back line and nobody obviously marking Samuel Grancier on that pass. Why they had so much room, I don't know. What our back line was doing, I don't know. And what Maxime Crapeau was doing is he was just caught. He was caught in between a really frustrating goal really early on to 13 minutes. That really changes the complexion of the entire match. They absolutely kicked us when they were down. Well, absolutely. And that obviously got everybody at Dignity Health Sports Park in an uproar. Foxy Loxy is what, what I'm going to be calling Chicharito. Fox in the box, poaching as he is. But yeah, you got to tip your hats off to Grand Sear. He had a great assist in Grand Is that a Robin Hood animated? Is that the animated? Foxy Loxy? Yeah. No, that's like, you know, like Foxy Loxy, Chicken Little, the sky is falling. Oh, that's right. Okay, it was Chicken Little reference. What was Robin the- Hood and Little John running Run through, through the, the forest. forest. That's like, that's, that's like a story like me and you. Oh, man, if you guys haven't seen the Robin Hood animated movie, it is fantastic. One of the most underrated animated Disney (laughs) movies. Who would ever thought we would have brought that up on a podcast? (laughs) That's my fault. Foxy Loxy is a chicken little reference. Yeah, well, technically, I guess it's my fault because I called him Foxy Loxy. But yeah, so so Grand Seer had a great assist. And Grand Seer had, well, another great assist, which we'll talk about momentarily. Three minutes.
minutes after Chicharito gets that pretty darn good goal. Now he is tied with Vasquez, I believe, for a league leader in Major League Soccer. We had another scare. Jose Cifuentes going down oh. in the same exact spot. Same spot. As Brian Rodriguez. Maybe it was the curse of Max Bredos. It happened right in front of him, too, from where he was sitting. Yeah, gonna... it's like shortly after he texted, hey, defenders. It's like, <laughs> oh, this, this is, I don't know. There's like that patch of grass we thought was jinx. But thankfully, Jose Cifuentes gets back into the game. And yeah, like we said, LAFC not looking good. It really, the game was lost within these first couple of minutes. But 23rd minute. We got a near darn good opportunity. It's Vela. There was a uh, a careless turnover by the Galaxy. Mahala strips the ball away, passes the ball over to Carlos. Carlos beats Bond, but he hits the post. He hits the post so darn close at getting the equalizer. And man, we were ready to get up and yell at those Carson fans to the right of us. Because there weren't that many around us. To the left, LAFC fans. To the front, LAFC fans. Behind us, LAFC fans. To the right, well, Carson fans. Yeah. But, well, he hits the post, and that was the first of a... It's like like the uh, the show Lemony Snickets. A series of unfortunate events for Carlos Vela. That's the kind of game Carlos had. He had a Lemony Snickets game because this was the first of many unfortunate incidences for uh, Carlitos. And I just don't get it. Why be that kind of finesse with that shot put the damn shot away put everything you have on it you have the left foot of god man use thor's hammer let's go put that in the back of the net don't don't get to a worm burner while it's running around right near the post put that ball upper left hand side finish the goal uh, really frustrating honestly it's it's one of those goals that in 2019, Carlos Vela buries into the back of the net every single time and what we've seen since 2019 is he can be a little careless, he can be a little nonchalant and also a little off target at times. And it's a little frustrating because we know there is no better finisher in Major League Soccer than Carlos Vela when he is right. I, I just, on a play like that, you have your guy where you want him, 1v1 against the keeper. And he couldn't finish. No, you, just, no you're, you're right. And obviously, he's in a situation where he's going to be up for contract. We're going to learn very soon what the story is. But for a guy who's only played in 19 out of the last 56 games yeah. these last two seasons, Carlos Vela needs to make an impact. And we can't say he didn't make an impact because he, oh, was, he was certainly a part of every single scenario that LAFC had a part of. But, yeah. I mean, that was he, he tried to be a little too cute and, with that one. And let's be fair. The man has 10 goals in Clásico Angelinos. He is the leading scorer all time in the series. So it's not like he hasn't done stuff. But Philly, like you and I both know very well, this is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of a league. And it's speaking, kind of a world, honestly. It doesn't even matter what, what you're talking about. It's, it's what-have-you-done-lately. Lately well, and and speaking me, of, of doing weird. things lately, let's I talk, talk just him. for a second about Raheem Edwards. Raheem Edwards in the 25th minute dribbled all the way through the box. Oh, yeah. And found Chicharito. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that is not going to be the only time that we say Raheem Edwards dribbles all the way through the box. Look, we have watched every single one of Carson's matches this year. That's what we do. We, we like to talk about not just LAFC, but Major League Soccer. We want to watch and see how the uh, <laughs> downstairs neighbors 13 miles away. Which, by the way, if we're talking about MLS, congratulations, Inter-Miami, on your first win of the season. Yeah, there Bryce you go. Duke nearly had uh, himself an assist. Blind squirrel finding acorns. Raheem Edwards has played, dare I say, very, very well yeah. for Carson this season. He And we're going to talk about this in a minute. He is leading... 
Major League Soccer and assists. As a defender. Like, that's the thing that gets me as a defender. But they don't use him as a traditional defender. He's an attacker for sure. He he comes up quite a bit, like the way we tried to use him at times, but it seemed like under Bob Bradley, he was playing about 15 steps too fast every single time he had the ball. Philly has now, by the way, for those of you playing the home game, Philly has now turned his hair into kind of a flock of seagulls look. If you haven't had the chance to Google what a flock of seagulls haircut is, I am sitting across the table from 1980s uh, band Flock I, of I don't even understand why you would bring that up on the pod. I was just doing it as a nervous tick. I, maybe maybe subconsciously that's what I want to do. I want to ran. I want to run so far away. After I'm, this I'm just saying it's, it's pretty good. Do you like flock of seagulls? No, but I can tell you do. <laughs> 28th minute, a free kick outside the box for LAFC and Kellen Acosta on the, that one. A little, little bit of a uh, little bit of a controversial call here. Uh, the goal is called back, and it looks like it was absolutely the wrong call as Ryan Ravellison kept Carlos Vela what looked to be onside. Now here's the frustrating part: the referee, Penso. Chris Penso. Chris oh. Penso. By the way, shout out, like Chris shout out to our Pepto. buddy Connor, Connor Colopsis. If you haven't gone back and seen his tweet about Chris Penso, about who LA belongs to right now, uh, Connor, we love you, man. That was a great tweet. I really appreciate it. We, won't, we don't There's... cuss often on the show, but uh, he <laughs> certainly called him a POS. He definitely did. Uh, that, by the way, it should be 1-1, maybe even 2-1. But look, here's what happened the first time. Carlos Vela bangs one off the post. And right after the goal from Carson. So turnabout, fair play. We miss another opportunity. And I couldn't believe it again. Back post, unmarked, second goal in a row. Carson, Sega Koulibaly getting on the other end of a cross. Uh, It was Raheem Edwards, of all people, to Samuel Grancier. To Sega. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have it in my notes. Grancier uh, connects with an antiquated video game system. Right. Uh, two nothing. But again, all the spacing in the world that these guys needed. Nobody closed out on Raheem. Nobody closed out on Samuel Grancier. And nobody closed out on Sega Koulibaly on the back post. What is happening on the back line? We have not played this poorly, at least for an entire half in quite some time. But our back line starting to get a little suspect. Mamadou Fall, Murillo, both got caught. I, I know maybe Cheeky is supposed to come down and mark that side. Maybe there's something that they saw. I think that what we're going to find from this is that LAFC's technical staff, the coaches, they are going to get in the lab and figure out. Maybe, look, we see it all the time in baseball, right, where a pitcher has a little tell on his curveball or whatever it might be. I think that we are going to see some changes made after this showing by our back line because clearly they only had two cracks at the, I think what Max likes to say, two bites at the cherry, right? They only had two bites at the cherry and Carson put them both away. Philly, our back line looking suspect, another ball where maybe Maxime Cropo should have got to it. I mean frustrating to say the least. No, and we could argue that obviously injuries are a factor in this. I mean, nobody would have anticipated. Look, we Franco Escobar was the starter like until he went down. So yeah. him obviously being hurt was an issue. Yeah, he he might have been featured within the 18, but you know, they're not going to rush him back. No, it, but, it looked like he was still not ready to go. Yeah, I mean, look, like for I I love Mamadou Fall, great player, but today he he looked, well, like a rookie. Let's yeah, just put it that like way. He looked like a teenage kid. He certainly looked like a teenage kid in, in that endeavor and yeah, we we find ourselves 
Look, we haven't started very many games hot. And to go into a hostile environment like Dignity Health Sports Park, a marquee, massive matchup, down two to nothing. Look, new, like spoiler for you, I don't really have any more notes for the rest of this half. No, I, don't I agree. Know if you do. Okay, cool. So like, we, we're going to go on to that. Like, This was the game. For the Galaxy. Yeah. LAFC started recouping, and you, of course you could argue that at this point maybe it should have at the very least been 2-1. Look, Carlos hit the post. You, you can't take that back. Yeah. But that goal that was scored off the Kellen Acosta uh, free kick, that that was a goal. I mean, there was there was, there was was very little indisputable it, it evidence on that. It is going to be interesting what MLS says about the job that Chris Penso and crew did the, after they the They should fact, certainly almost. suspend him or at the very least call him in question. This is another example yeah. of pro refs, the organization that runs and educates these referees. They need to look into this. And the worst part about being at this game, other than having to shell out the amount of money that we did to get seats, the worst part about this is when that play occurred, we did not have the ability to see it because it went against us. No replay. And if if I'm not mistaken, and it's like it goes, you know, in favor of the home team, don't they normally show that replay? I know they do at Bank of California Stadium. Right. So that obviously went in their favor. It would have been nice to have seen the replay. And as we got home doing the analysis on this, watching it, they they there wasn't even a situation in which they took their time on it. He clearly made a judgment call immediately and let the play proceed. Yeah. That was a situation that needed to be inspected a bit more thoroughly because that should have been a two-to-one halftime score. It Absolutely. really should have been. Absolutely. And it's not the first time, by the way, that we're going to say that, that a goal was disallowed um, incorrectly. We'll, we'll get into the second half Look, we came out again. Stop me if you've heard this before. First couple minutes coming out gangbusters. Vela though clearly offside as the goal is disallowed there in the 47th. <laughs> yeah, minute. yeah. There's no there's that's that's something we won't even fight about. That and, was offside for sure. And look, what I what I love is and, and Philly, you mentioned this and it it kind of brought a little bit of clarity, a little bit of levity to the situation. Anyone who watches this match knows, and, and Steve Trundolo even said this in his postgame press conference after the fact. This was very much a tale of two halves, right? It was very much a tale of, and it wasn't even a full half, right? We're talking 25, 30 minutes, 30, well, 35 minutes, right? Galaxy did all they needed to do within the first they 31 minutes, but our first 20 were awful. Absolutely did. And the way that we played in the second half was indicative of a team that the moment was no longer too big for, that we understood that, okay... This is about so much more than just the result. This is about your city. This is about your it's crest. This is about your pride. Absolutely. And what we saw is that, number one, our defense really did clamp up. Yeah. There were still a couple of moments, by the way, where we had to clench. But <laughs> our offense really came back to the forefront. And I, I want to give a lot of credit to Ismail Tajuri Shradi for the way he played in the second half. Clearly a little out of sorts there in the first half. Whatever Steve Chirundolo and crew did in the second half really did turn things around quite a bit. But in the 58th minute, man, some real nervous time as Chicharito gets the cross and beautiful defending by Jesus David Maria. One-on-one defending. But I have to say, I don't think he comes to play like this every single match. But that run that Chicharito made, look, you can't be upset about it, man. He made a full sprint run from behind the midfield line all the way through to the top of the box and got an absolute dime put on him by, I believe it was Raheem Edwards once again on that pass. It was as a 
as a, a fan of Major League Soccer, it was a great run, but you can kind of tell why Carson puts all of their eggs into the one basket. Look, they still have only had, what, four different goal scorers on the year? Yeah, you're right. I mean, going into this game was Chicho with four, you had Costa with one, and then you had Efren Alvarez, who right. had that banger against Charlotte. And, and now, and now you got Sega as Sega. the fourth. But only four different players have scored. Heck, we had four different players score in our last match. I mean, we had eight players like going into the Abbey, yeah. and now with Chicho scoring a goal, we had like nine goal scores this season. Yeah. In the 59th minute, I'm never sad to see Julian Araujo come off the pitch. I think he's a, a really solid player. I don't think he had a particularly great game today, but he did everything he needed to do uh, for the hour or so that he was on there. Sasha Kleschen and Douglas Costa come on, and, and in a miracle of sorts, Douglas Costa did not get hurt in this match. <laughs> and we are almost an hour in, and Kellen Acosta with a beautiful rocket from just outside the box kind of moving towards uh, Bonds left a little bit there, but he made an easy save on it. He saw it the whole way and kind of punched it Sort of his left. His best save of the game until six minutes later. I was going to say, t- tell us, talk to us about the save. Ishmael Tajiri Shradi to Sifu on a beautiful play. Oh, man. It was a great pass from Izzy. Connects with Sifu. Sifu heads it. That beautiful flock of blonde hair. Smashes the ball, but Bond. 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 Jonathan Bond. Made a hell of a save, man. I mean, that was a save of the week candidate. Again, keeping this team locked in the game. And as if you're Sifu, you, you got to be frustrated. He had a couple of really good opportunities. He, he could have struck first in the opening minute of the game. He could have struck in right here. But I keep wanting to call him Taylor Walter Bond. That's a, that's a player from indoor soccer. Jonathan Bond making a hell of a save. And, well... That's the story there. But then he makes another save three minutes later off of Kellen Acosta free kick. And yeah. Bond certainly earning his paycheck today. Well, and just a couple minutes before that, by the way, the shape kind of changes for LAFC quite a bit as Chicho and Latif come into the match for Mahala and Sifu. So again, Sifu has his opportunity there in the 65th and comes right off there in the 66th. So now, look, Chicho playing up top. I think many were surprised that he didn't get the start alongside Brian Rodriguez and Carlos Vela. But, Did I pass uh, my hiccups and burps to you, Scott? No, 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 no. That was just a little bit of indigestion because, like you mentioned, we ate all of the Chinese food at Seafood Port down in Torrance. Oh, my God. Dude, I'm going to be pooping out lo mein like it's going Again, out of style. that's the second episode in a row. We're doing the thing with the pooping. Really? I did that last episode, too? <laughs> I had to remind you that you started the last episode, too. This has been a fun oh, one for Between us so flatulations far. and burps. Really, and- they say the memory is the second thing to go. Well, you'd like to say that I'm getting old. <laughs> In the 67th minute, Vasquez comes off for Kevin Cabral. 68th minute, again, you mentioned it. Kellen Acosta puts it on frame, but Bond almost, by the way, a giggity goal in the 69th minute. Vela and Chicho both get a touch right there around the box. Derek Williams picks up a yellow in the 70th. And another just barely offside call on LAFC once again. But let's talk about the 71st minute. I still haven't figured out how Ishmael Tajiri Shradi does not put this ball on frame. I mean, I think I mean I think between like like the fact that Latif Blessing was kind of trying to get in there as well. They're they're clear. It was kind of one of those things where you have two outfielders going for it and nobody's right. and yelling, nobody I got that that had to have been what it was it because I, both of them could have connected on it in one way or another. I'm with you. I call that kind of Christian Ramirez esque though, not even being able to put Christian it on Ramirez frame. Christian Ramirez MLS-esque esque because he's doing quite he's, well he's, in the Scottish Premier League. He's doing well for Aberdeen. Yes, he is. But Carlos Vela keeping the ball alive, keeping the ball alive, keeping the ball alive. For everything that you want to say about Carlos Vela's missed opportunities and missed chances. And he's, certainly a, he's a gangster. We, we can say that he missed some opportunities and missed some chances, but he did not give up nope. the fight for a single moment. 
Uh, I, I, for one, thought that this showed a little bit more about how much maybe Carlos still wants to be here and how much uh, he wants to get a deal done. So hopefully he can finish out his Major League Soccer career here at LAFC. I think we uh, owe it to him, quite honestly, uh, to treat our star player. Like Vince no, LaRosa likes you. to say, it, you want to set a precedent. You yeah. treat your star, your rock star, like a rock star because it's only going to make other potential and real-life rock stars want to come here. Antoine Griezmann, we're waiting for you. In the 72nd minute, Philly, ugh. First he blows by Ilya Sanchez. Oh, yeah. Then he blows by Latif Blessing. Holy Raheem Edwards, Batman, if not for Maxime Cropot kind of coming up big and maybe a little bit of a toe poke there. It looks like it might have been Moody. I, I, I think Moody got a touch on it. Maybe, maybe not. Where was this version of Raheem Edwards when he was wearing black and gold? I mean, maybe stifled by Bob Bradley, stifled by his teammates. I, I, I don't know. I mean, anytime Raheem Edwards got the ball last season as a member of LAFC, I, I, I didn't hold my breath because right. like, I knew it would be a turnover. And he kind of started the game off that way where you realize, eh, well, now nah, there's Raheem Edwards. Right. I don't miss him. But, I mean, he blew by Latif Blessing on one frame. He blew by Elias Sanchez on another frame. I mean, you can clearly see that he is a well-respected member of the Galaxy. Yeah. You could see based on his teammates. Like the kid, the guy's got freedom. And I think he's able to ki- play the kind of like football that, well, he was intended to play. He didn't convert there. That would have been a real kick to the junk oh had he managed to find the back of the net. But he, co- I mean, coming in, obviously he had a lot of, uh, well, not so nice things said about him on social media from the LAFC faithful. So he obviously, with a chip on his shoulder, wanted to go in there and show everybody. In the black and gold, what what they were missing, and you know we were fortunate, very fortunate, very fortunate that he yeah. didn't connect because that would have been a backbreaker emotionally for all of us. Look, seventy six minute Chicharito comes out of the match, and finally, <laughs> but it wasn't his last statistic. It was not his last statistic. That was kind of fun. In the seventy ninth minute, bleepity bleep, finally. A goal for LAFC. We had been knocking on the door, knocking on the door. And again, I'll use the same phrase that Max Bettos likes to use. It took us two bites at the cherry, Philly, because first Carlos Vela had his shot blocked, but it was Chicho. Yeah! (laughs) Oh, see, I thought you were going to give us a little bit of the Chicho Aranga song there for a minute. Chicho (laughs) with the goal. And look, for whatever we can take away from this result, at least it's something positive for Chicho Arango because we have been looking to find something, some sign of life, some pulse, some radio wave that Chicho Arango is out there. He's out there, folks, and he finally he put it away in in a very I don't. It's not really a poachery kind of goal, right? He just made the right run. He was there on the doorstep. Yeah, I mean, he caught a, he caught a rebound. I mean, Carlos did have a nice shot that was saved off a of bond, and he was in the right place at the right time. You want to call that luck? I'm calling a preparation that opportunity. Look, Chicho bangs. What's crazy to me is he's now the ninth scorer, ninth different scorer, and and let's talk about how that all started. It was on a long throw from Cheeky Palacios that I thought it was a very very nice throw. Carlos Vela obviously shielding off his man, looking to turn very, very quickly. I think that was actually on Raheem that he turned and shielded, fired the shot in on goal, the rebound. Oh, in the 84th minute, no goal again as Carlos Vela and Bond, Jonathan Bond, collide on the play. And I'm for, starting not to like this man. It was, uh, it was the right call there. Yeah, We no, had the no ball go in the back of the net several times. Uh, how about not the not the only time, Philly, that I'm going to be able to say this? Two players get a yellow, or two people, I should say, get a yellow at the same time. 
In the 86th minute, both Douglas Costa and Kelvin Leerdam pick up yellow cards for, I can just imagine, I think one was for a foul and the other was for dissent. I believe that's how that worked. But two yellow cards happening, one after the other. And that brings us to the 87th minute where, again, Philly again, Carlos Vela stopped on the doorstep. And, and I don't know what happened. I was looking one way, and all of a sudden, Philly, can you tell me what happened? Kevin Cabral is running all by himself with the ball in the 87th minute. Uh, did the ball go? Everyone think the ball went out of bounds up at that top sideline, and then it came it, back. It so looked like it was out of bounds. I mean, I remember that play distinctly. Like I, I saw it, I sat down, and then he kept running. And, he kept and all going. of a sudden, I'm standing up, I'm yelling, "What the hell? That ball was out!" Right? We got lucky yet again because he effed that play up. Yeah, um, was it Murillo that got all the way back? Oh, there, geez, by the way? I would. Have, I, think I mean, it that's they, we, we would have to go back and watch a game that wasn't on the stat line. But I mean, that shouldn't be. Look, we it, couldn't it see it from that angle. Obviously, we didn't. We didn't have the uh, the benefits of instant replay. But man, I could have sworn I would have put money on the fact that that ball was out of bounds. Yeah, look uh, again though. We kind of dodge a bullet. It was their only real major chance in the entire second half, and it came off of like a who done it kind of a play there on that top yeah. sideline couple different plays right before the 90th minute and we were talking about it philly you were like five or six minutes what do you think and i oh it'll definitely be six nope that would be an eight eight uh, minutes of stoppage time a kobe bryant a kobe and, and i'll tell you this right now the game went longer than eight minutes of stoppage time that is a fact. in the second minute you mentioned it philly chicha picking up another stat even though he'd been subbed out of the match Quite a while ago. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I mean, when they made... I mean, you saw him chirping at the refs. Yeah. Eight minutes of stoppage. We yep. obviously have an opportunity. We're knocking on the door. And, well, <laughs> we certainly knocked. In fact, we happened to have, at least what we thought, kick the door open. Yeah. Vela with a cross, right? And it's Fall that tries to uh, to get a shot there. It gets deflected off Depoy. And then Latif is there to punch it in the back of the net. And if you're wondering why our voices are so hoarse, oh, yeah. it's because of that exact moment. Latif getting what we perceived to be the equalizer. It was fantastic. Everybody wearing white around us deflated and sat down and we were going nuts. I yelled at some dude who uh, like was a few <laughs> rows in front of us who turned around and went, boo. I'm like, shut up Mac Lamore because that's what he kind of looked like it might have been Mac Lamore for all I know but lo and behold I had to uh, take my shoe off and put it in my mouth because we went right to a VAR and as VAR and our luck would have it that goal gets disallowed so my problem just like I think my problem with the first goal was that we didn't go to VAR right the goal that was disallowed on Carlos Vela's header into the back of that. My problem with this is that it leaves something open to interpretation by the referees. And now, as I understand it, and people, please feel free to hit us up on Twitter at Defend the Bank or on Instagram and Facebook at Defenders of the Bank. Plenty if of people am, that are better at X's and O's than me in the scarf. Absolutely. Are. But if I am incorrect, please tell me how I am incorrect and educate me because I am always looking to become a smarter student of this game. But I believe the words are either the defender needs to be deliberately active or needs to make a play on the ball. And from what the referee was saying or from the call that was made, the referee determined that the defender was not making a play on the ball, only that the ball deflected off the defender. And a lot of people are having some issues with this rule because I thought leading into this match, 
the rule was that the defender merely needs to make contact with the ball. But no, apparently the defender needs to be deliberately, actively trying to make a play on the ball. And what they determined was that Mamadou Fall was offside either before the defender made a deliberate and active play on the ball or that the defender never made a deliberate and active play on the ball in the first place. Both of those explanations, by the way, are complete horse pucky. Yes. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry, what? Horse pucky. In a very literal sense. Horse pucky. Horse pucky. I'm a teacher. I have to figure out words that aren't swear words. I get it, but like, horse what, what does that even mean? What's, what's a horse pucky? It's, it's, it's like BS. I, I, I get it, but like, what's pucky? Horse pucky. It's just... It's my, poop? My third and sixth grade teacher said horse pucky all the time when she was upset. So this is like, this is like, you know, a, a gibberish. One of my favorite people in the world, Mrs. Irene Garrity, the same one who, by the way, Philly, you and I have talked about this, taught me about being a live alert awake enthusiastic. Uh, Mrs. Irene Garrity taught me horse pucky. But, but, but it doesn't, I get, I get, I get what it literally means, gibberish. but like, it's pretty much gibberish. Uh, okay. It's, that's, it's so, that's what I'm trying to figure out. It's this, so you this don't swear. Okay. So like if I go to the, to the track and, and gamble on a horse and I yell horse pucky, no one's going to look at me with a sense of understanding. Horse They're going to look pucky. at me in, 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 in amazement and be- bewilderment. Okay. So it's in the dictionary of idioms. Horse pucky, foolish, deceitful, bombastic, or arrogant talk, horse pucky, or, this is how I'm using it, something that is worthless, terrible, disingenuous, or unfair, primarily heard in the United States. For instance, the example is, can you believe this horse pucky? They're trying to charge us double on our insurance just because of that fender bender we had last month. You you, you know, defenders, I mean, you are obviously very privileged listeners because, you know, we obviously, we inform, we entertain, (laughs) and clearly we educate because I just learned something new. I had never heard of the term horse pucky before. Maybe that should be the name of the episode because we're clearly falling off the wagon here. Horse pucky. Horse pucky. Put that on your defender's. To the bank bingo card. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the bingo card hasn't made a return to an episode in quite a while. Oh, it has tonight. Absolute just garbage on that one. Philly, this game actually went into the 11th minute of stoppage time before Chris Penso of the Galaxy blew the whistle for the, uh, <laughs> for the match to be over. Yeah, well, this felt like a Serie A situation. It really, I mean, look, I want to find out what trust funds... The Calcio Poli, this has. is what we had to like deal with right here. Philly, look, what we try and do after every single match, and we haven't had to do this after a loss this year, obviously, because this is our first loss of the season. We got to try to find some silver linings. We talked about it first, obviously. The second half, we were much, 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 much better. Do, do you have a, I don't know, a man of the match? A man of the match for LAFC. Look, I mean, you it would be hard. You'd be hard pressed not to say Carlos Vela because Carlos Vela literally was a part of every opportunity that we had that we either converted or got taken back from. I mean, it would have had to have been him. So I, I can't think of anybody else. I mean, if we go from like our goalkeeper to our front line, I mean, clearly it wasn't Maxime Cripo. No saves there. Our best defender, if you ask me, probably Cheeky Palacios. I wouldn't really give that nod yeah, to... Yeah, but uh, both goals also came on his side, right? All right, fair enough, close, fair enough. So. And then you could argue that Murray made a, a good save. But yeah. either way, not particular. I wouldn't give any man of the match to anybody. To, the midfield, nah, uh, I mean, up until the second half nowhere. or whatever, I would say Kellen Acosta didn't necessarily appear on my stat sheet for 
for a bit. And then if you look, obviously, Brian goes out. Mahala did his thing. Um, Chicho scoring a goal is great, but it would have to be Carlos. Yeah. Um, but as far as the game is concerned, to assist, you'd have to give it to Grand Sear. Yeah, I could care less about who plays on Carson. My, oh, I agree. Uh, but you're, you asked me an overall general question. My man, of, and you're going to love this one. Um, Philly hasn't liked my last couple men, men of the matches. My man of the match on this one, because I was him. He was my spirit animal. I was watching this person on the sidelines more than almost any other person in the 20, however many thousand people were there. Cosmo. Nope. Oh, God. <laughs> you had an interaction with him I earlier. Did. We, had a nice, we had a fun little interaction. Um, Mark Dos Santos. Mark Dos Santos, whatever his job is, I think one of his jobs is to get as pissed off as possible at as many people as possible. Mark Dos Santos, by the way, and Steve Chirundolo earning dual yellow cards at the end of that match. Uh, so again, two times that two yellows were issued at the same exact play. But Mark Dos Santos getting in the face of the official on the sidelines. Mark Dos Santos yelling at anyone and everyone for most of the second half of that match. Mark Dos Santos, I appreciate you because you were me and I was you. That entire interaction that you had with any human that crossed your path, maybe even Steve Gerundolo once or twice, I don't even know. Mark Dos Santos was my spirit animal for much of the second half. But but I, I agree, actually. I'm, I'm going to give it to someone a little different than Carlos Vela Philly, only because I'm hoping that it really propels this player in the right direction, obviously, and that's Chicho Arango. I think the goal for Chicho... Uh, hopefully it puts a little pep back in a step. You have made the observation on many different times, Philly, that since he acquired COVID when he was with the what, Colombian national when team. When he tried to get that cap, yes. Yep, he was uh, all set to get his first cap in Colombian national team colors, but unfortunately caught COVID while he was over there and had to stay over there, if I'm not mistaken, maybe for a little bit, or maybe he came right, right back. I don't, I don't remember what it was, unfortunately. But this was the first play all season where he really looked himself. And I was really happy that he was able to get that goal so that, you know, maybe he gets the monkey off of his back, maybe plays a little bit better. I, I want to flash forward ahead. I'm done talking about this match. Philly, Friday, July 8th, Bank of California Stadium, round two of the Classico on Helino. We've got some time, Philly, but we've got to fix some stuff on the back line. Yeah, I mean, we don't have that much time because we are going to be back at Bank of California Stadium for a home game, something yep. I feel like we haven't enjoyed in quite some time, and that'll be a, another Sunday game Ugh. against Sporting Kansas City, a team that we do have plenty of history with, the first team in the history of Major League Soccer to win at Bank of California Stadium, so that's not anything that I've forgotten, I'm sure. Anybody that's been there since day one hasn't forgotten about that either. Before we close the game in this podcast, I do want to go over the stupid stats yeah. because it's just what I do. We had 17 shots to Carson's nine. The killer, seven to two. The scoring line, LAFC, Galaxy, two to one. Two shots, two conversions. Yeah. No saves for Maxime Crippo. Yeah. That killed me. But another big difference maker, we could talk about the yellow cards, the possession, the passing accuracy, all stuff that in the grand scheme of things doesn't mean anything. Nine, I repeat, nine, and not lucky number, nine offside calls. Well, I nine. Thought, I thought you were just speaking German for me. You kept saying nine. Well, yeah, I mean, I could say, yeah, well, no, no, I can't believe this happened. But yeah. we had nine Offside calls Nine. go against us. Nine. That has to be a club record. Yeah, look, I, I don't know that maybe it was Carlos Vela, maybe 
pushing up a little too far on a couple of those, or maybe the pass being given to him, maybe a step slow, whatever Ma- it might Mama have been. Fall getting called back. And you know, the funny thing is, like, we forgot to mention this. When they went right to VAR, if you looked in the backfield, oh, he was, he, he he was, was dead. a mess. He, well, he, he knew. He knew it right away. He knew. So, I mean, there was no question. The minute they went to VAR, I mean, it was done. And then when we saw, for the first real time, the replay... There was no question. And, and I will say that, well, if that if the rule is how it was interpreted, right, there's no question that Mamadou was offsides. But I mean, the, the it. issue is that that rule is open to interpretation. And I, I do want to mention one other thing about Mamadou Fall, what I saw after the match. Mamadou Fall, on the opposite side of the stadium from us, went directly over to Maxime Cropot and said he was sorry. And, and Maxime gave him a big hug, patted him on the head. It moments like that, those moments of maturity from Mamadou Fall and moments of leadership by Maxime Cropot. Look, neither one of those players had a particularly good good game today, right? And Mamadou is probably taking this one really hard as he sits at home doing whatever it is a 19-year-old does after a loss like this. I can't imagine. Some of these guys video get, games. Honestly, right? Some of these guys get to go home to their families. Like Carlos Vela, look, at the end of the day, he's gonna go home and play with his kid and like his wife and you know, Enjoy his seven million. Ryan in a year. Hollingshead is going to go home to his family, and you know all these guys have a lot of them have wives and kids, or you know whatever. Mamadou falls a nineteen-year-old kid that yeah, you the world's saw, scarf. Yeah, but you saw at the end of the match, he put that match on him. He put that point that we could have got back from Carson on him, and I just I feel for the kid. I love the kid, and I appreciate that he and Maxime had that little interaction at the end. Philly, good news for you on that Sunday game. It is a 1 p.m. game. Oh, all right. Well, I, I didn't realize the time there. Cool. So there's a silver lining there. Yeah. Look, if we're going to like wrap this up in yeah, a bow we are. And, and toss it in the trash, Please. again, like there was a whiteout and a blackout. Whiteout, erase this memory. Blackout, totally forget it ever happened. Um, the boys played. They, they, they fell... They fell behind relatively quickly within the first thirty within the yeah. first thirty one minutes. But you can't say that they gave up. No, they, they they grinded it out. So if anything, you know, they were very unlucky to not walk out of Dignity Health Sports Park without a point. Like this was a very unlucky situation. But obviously, it wasn't because they didn't create any chances. They hustled. They did their thing. They fought. And you know what? I would still say this is a team that's probably closer to the performance of what we saw in 2019 than what we saw in 2020 and 2021. Obviously, that's very premature. It's the sixth game of the season, if I'm not mistaken. But they grinded it out. They, they they fought hard. And, you know, that's a testament to this team and what Steve Chirondolo has done. I was cautious coming in. Then I became slightly less cautious. I would say now I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, I appreciated what he said during his post-game conference, how, you know, the game was lost within the first 20 minutes, but he saw in the second half the best second half that LAFC has played all season. And I would agree. If they would have converted, I would have further, like, reemphasized that. But it's not as if they didn't try. It's not as if they didn't have their opportunities. And they certainly didn't give up. They battled till the final whistle, till the final whistle. And we, we did get robbed of our moment because we could have walked away with a point. But if anything, that has to be your silver lining. I'm still bitter, pissed off, upset, and depressed. And I might be for a couple of days. Sure. But at the very least, I can hang my hat on the fact that these kids try and these kids are going to fight and grind it out no matter what. And at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for. 
Obviously, we want to see trophies. We want to see wins. We want to see us beating our rivals. But at the very least, most importantly, in my opinion, we want to see them fight until the last whistle. Yeah, this one hurts, right? Because we have to wait another year to try again. Unless we can meet them in the playoffs and knock them out in the playoffs, which we've already done once on our home No, because that would mean they've had the better record. I, I hear you. Again, records don't matter if we can beat them in Carson and end their season. I don't really care, right? But... I just More, I'd rather beat them July eighth and then I'm move with on you. with the we'll season. Be, we'll beat them July eighth, and you know we'll still be best in the West, and we'll we'll reclaim the title of best in MLS because well, Philadelphia now has 16 points. And, well, well, uh, well, no, if you look at the MLS standings right now, yeah, Philadelphia's ahead of us. They have 16 points. Hold up, no I way. promise. No, you, way. you guys are gonna watch. You're gonna hear no Philly way. find this Shield. information out. No way. He's right. <laughs> Look, I think my, my final takeaway, and with that, we'll be done with this episode, but my final takeaway is that I've got faith in Steve Terundolo to push the right buttons at halftime. Yeah. I think what we saw in the second half was a team that was playing not just more inspired football, but with a team that was playing more collected football, smarter football, more organized on the back line, and a team where, look... You could also make the argument, maybe Carson wasn't trying to press up as much, but I think they absolutely were. There are enough plays by Raheem Edwards, enough runs by Chicharito before he was uh, subbed off that I think they spent the next 20, 30 minutes trying to make it 3 nothing and, and maybe even 4 nothing. But I think that the buttons that were pressed by Steve Chirondolo, the subs when he chose to make them, everything that he chose to do, I think that it kept propelling this team in the right direction after an utterly disastrous first 31 minutes of this match. But look, you can't fall behind to nothing. I don't care if it's FC Cincinnati and Inter-Miami or if it's the Seattle Sounders of the Worlds or obviously your biggest and, in my opinion, only rival in Carson. You can't fall down to nothing. (laughs) You can't even do that against the academy, brother. Right? But uh, the the buttons that Steve pushed in the second half and whatever he did to to really rally the boys at halftime did a whole lot for the way that we played. And with that being said, look, neither one of us have anything more to say about this match. I'm just happy let's, I don't have the hiccups anymore. That was pretty good, yeah. Let's exercise the demons. Let's get rid of this uh, horse pucky, if you will, <laughs> and move on. <laughs> Look, our next episode will be episode I'm one. I'm just envisioning a horse playing ice hockey. I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, that makes like me it. smile. It's, like it's so it. stupid. Yes, I know it is. Our next episode will so be 187. I don't know why I always think 187. Uh, I know, I know. S-K-C. Wow. You tried really hard to shoehorn that one in there. I like that. Horse pucky. little sublime reference there. And with that, you guys know how we like to end all of our episodes. Bye-bye.